The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Know the difference. Now, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. Here we go, and welcome officially to fall. It's Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Got a great hour planned. We are very glad you're here. On the way, inflation and lump sum pension payments. That is something that our financial planning team spotted. Ask Annex is on the way. Questions about beneficiary IRAs, tax bombs, and torpedoes. you got to stick around for that. Are 60-40 portfolios in danger? Bonds or bond funds? And then gold or gold funds? That is all coming up and a whole lot more. I'm Danny Clayton. In the studio with us, Jason Cooper, a trader and research analyst. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Danny. And Mark Beck, Managing Director, Wealth Management Services. Here we go with a week in review, and wow, what a week in review. <laughs> there it is, definitely a lot to talk about. You know, it felt a bit like a roller coaster ride, with most of it being the downward direction after, you know, we did climb, you know, quite a bit from June lows to where we had been recently, but a lot of volatility inducing news this past week. The biggest one, Jason, that we need to dive into a little bit is, you know, the decision by the Fed for another 75 basis point rate increase, and also, their post-rate increase press conference where they really started to talk about a very, very hawkish tone, maybe even further out than what some folks in the markets were expecting to hear from them. So let's spend a little bit of time, you know, just kind of dissecting that aspect first. Yeah, and I think everyone's a bit fed up with the Fed at this point, but let's dive into it. And everyone had kind of anticipated that the Fed was going to raise rates by 75 basis points, but maybe what they didn't anticipate was that they would set the terminal Fed's fund rate for the end of this year at 425 to 450 basis points. That's three hikes more than the market had baked in just one month ago. And really what catalyzed that revaluation was the hot CPI print coupled with a, a really hawkish forward guidance. So I, I think we need to ask ourselves a couple of questions, and it's, is the Fed overcorrecting its past policy error, moving to, too slowly to quench inflation Last year, are they now raising rates too rapidly? And the other thing is, how does this impact the relative attractiveness of asset classes? So in June, the FOMC was projecting real growth for 2022 and 2023 of close to 1.7% per year. They revised that down to 0.2% for 2022 and 1.2% for 2023. They also projected that the unemployment rate would be 3.7% in 2022 and 3.9% in 2023, which would represent a nominal increase in the number of people unemployed. Now that's changed. They're projecting an unemployment rate of 3.8% for this year, so a small, small pickup. And then next year, it's going up to 4.4%. And that's a lot of numbers there. But what does that really mean for the economy? 1.15 million Americans are expected to lose their jobs as a result of the Fed's tightening policy. So if you think about why some of these indicators create this additional volatility, because like you said, heading into this Federal Reserve meeting, we pretty much were expecting a 75 basis point rate increase. And so people say, well, why in the world do we see this big market sell-off? And it's digesting some of that follow-down or trickle-down news. So 
wow, a much dramatically lower expectation for GDP growth, and therefore this whole concept of a soft landing sort of goes out the window. And, you know, we start to project that into what that means in terms of number of people expected to be unemployed. So here we are talking about persistently strong employment, but forecast that into the future. Unemployment, well, that means reduced consumer spending, certainly. It's the snowball effect that occurs because we're going in the wrong direction at that point. One important rule is called the SOM rule, and it basically stipulates that over a 12-month period, if the unemployment rate increases by 0.5%, you are going to have a recession. And the Fed should be very familiar with this rule because they are the ones that published it in 2019. But here they are saying that the unemployment rate's going to increase by almost a full percentage point, and that next year growth is going to accelerate from 0.2% year over year to 1.2% year over year. One of the reasons we talk so much about the Fed, and I, I like your opening, the f- people are fed up with the Fed, right? But one of the reasons we talk about that is, is a major potential cause of a bear market is a policy mistake by the Fed. And what we're trying to figure out right now is, are they correcting for a past policy mistake, or are we bracing for a future policy mistake? Jason Cooper, a trader and research analyst. Nice job. Stick around for the rest of the hour, okay? Great, thank cool. you. And we've got Mark back as well. Mark is Managing Director of Wealth Management Services. Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. We say it often. Investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning. We can review available on demand this weekend at the Annex Wealth Management YouTube channel, otherwise the Annex Wealth Management Spotify channel at the top of the hour. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Going to be right back, 92.5 Fox News. Used to be the standard retirement plan was after working 40 or so years, you'd get the gold watch, walk out the door to see what was next. If anything, that was then, this is now. We're in an age of retirement redefined and hopefully retirement that lasts a long time. The go-go years are now the this is my time years. It's time for second acts, new ventures. You bet you busted it hard while working, but watch out now. Your bucket list is full. At Annex Wealth Management, we get it. Oh, do we get it. That's why our investment, retirement, tax, and estate teams are ready to create a comprehensive plan that lets you get after it, no matter what your it is. Your plan needs to work with precision to help deliver the retirement you desire. You're not done yet. It's time to know the difference and work with a fee-only fiduciary. Retirement redefined. If you're ready, so are we. One team, one plan, one fee. Annex Wealth Management. AnnexWealth.com. We're back. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button if we can help, and I know we can. Hey, listen, uh, last Wednesday, we had a great webinar. It was packed, as packed as a webinar can be. It's called What Inflation Means for Your Money. We sense a huge demand for this topic, and so we're doing it again on Thursday. That's right, next Thursday, 2 o'clock Eastern, 1 o'clock Central. Details at AnnexWealth.com slash events. More details there. You can also register. All the difference, it's one team, one plan, one fee. I'm Danny Clayton, Jason Cooper, a trader and research analyst in the studio, along with Mark Beck, Managing Director, Wealth Management Services, Annex Wealth Management. You know, Jason, before the break, we were talking about, you know, the Fed conundrum. When we're talking about is you know the balance between rising rates causing a recession, stamping out inflation, how all that stuff is going to play out, and I think about that in terms of asset allocation and you know, and where we position assets and moves you might consider inside your portfolio. And um, it was an overriding theme this year in the equity side is to think about how do we shorten 
equity duration, a term that people aren't necessarily familiar with because we think about duration risk more in the bond market side of the portfolio. But in an environment like this, it's very applicable to the equity side as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the way that investors need to think about interest rate risk with respect to stocks is to almost think about a seesaw. On one side of the seesaw, you have an interest rate, and on the other side of the seesaw, you have price-to-earnings multiple. When that interest rates rise, it really is going to push that price-to-earnings multiple down. It's opportunity cost. You can get more now from fixed income than you can get from equities. So in this type of environment where the 10-year Treasury is getting close to yielding 3.7%, we're looking at things and we're look, we're talking as an investment team about the prospect for the economy slowing into a potential recession. And we're seeing that increased interest rate and thinking, hey, maybe here we should be legging into duration. And it might be too early to take on credit risk, especially going into a potential recession. But duration is starting to look very attractive at this time. Yeah, it is, certainly. And it also translates on the equity side to think about things where we realize the economic benefit on a short term versus a long term. You know, Meaning, if you think about growth stocks and the perspective that all of the R&D and all of the market building uh, activities that are going on inside of a company that's really growth oriented, that you expect that to come to fruition w- within the next decade or so. And you're willing to take the risk now for that strong future payoff. You know, those are growth types of stocks, as opposed to value-oriented stocks where you can see tangible profits being produced right now, strong free cash flow, and the ability to translate that into dividends. That's a shorter duration type of equity risk. And and so the pivot and the balance between growth to value in the portfolio is something that you reassess during a time like this as well. Absolutely. And you want to focus on those companies that are producing free cash flow and and, and returning economic profits to their shareholders. And and the other thing that is really important is during a recession, things go bad. You know, things for businesses go bad. You have bankruptcies tick up. Well, I want to look at a company or our team. We want to look at companies that are generating economic profits and have rock solid balance sheets. We want to decrease that risk of bankruptcies. And in fact, we want companies that are so well positioned that if there is a company that is at risk of bankruptcy, they take their market share and they come out of this recession better and stronger than they did, you know, they went into it. Absolutely. Well said. So the inflation side, let's talk about that, you know, a little bit and some of the indicators that we've seen. I know just this past week you participated in a earnings call from Costco, uh, clearly a barometer for what the consumer uh, is doing. And so share a little bit of the insights that you gleaned from that. Yeah, I would say the CFO seemed to indicate that inflation is coming down. I think the exact words that he used was he was seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. He was talking about commodity prices coming down shipping costs, trucking coming down. And one of the interesting things that he pointed out, which I didn't think of, was when you, when you have an economy, uh, a business with the economies of scale of Costco, they had their buyers laser focused on understanding what was causing prices to go up. And the example that he gave was, hey, grills are going up in price. Why is the grill growing up in price? Oh, it's the cost of steel as an input. That's going up quickly. Well, he has those same buyers now monitoring the price of steel. And as that falls, he's taking cost out of the merchants. So we would expect prices to fall maybe a little bit faster than they did in the past because you have these large buyers coming into the market demanding that the consumer gets a tax break in this environment. Jason Cooper is a trader and research analyst at Annex Wealth Management. Great thoughts. Mark Beck, Managing Director of Wealth Management Services. 
Folks, this show is to educate and inform. That is our number one purpose. It is full of examples of what we do on behalf of our clients. But folks, it's only a glimpse. You need to find out more. Need to see the whole picture. Spend a minute or two this weekend. Fill out the contact form when you click that Get Started button. Now is the time. Annex Wealth Management is ready. Every client has a different story, but there's some common questions. We'll go over a few next on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Headlines, texts, emails, the TV, the computer, the phone, even your smartwatch seems like it never ends. Market volatility can lead to anxiety and planning paralysis. No surprise Americans report being stressed about their investment and retirement plans. Turn down the media roar. Dial up the planning. Put Annex Wealth Management on your side for investment and retirement guidance that includes tax and estate planning. Head to AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Know the difference with a fee-only fiduciary. That's Annex Wealth Management. What are some of the more frequent questions asked by clients during meetings at Annex Wealth Management? Let's find out. Randy Winkler, CFP. Welcome back. Thanks, Danny. These aren't all the questions we get, but they're common enough that let's cover some here, all right? Fantastic. All right. One of the most asked questions we hear in clients with our meetings is, should I pay off my mortgage? Yeah, that's a good one. This is definitely the most common thing that we hear. People just want to get rid of their mortgage, and more often we hear, I'm going to pay off my mortgage, and then we talk about whether that's a good idea or not. Working toward that is always a good idea, and if you can pay it off early, that's not a bad idea, right? Well, it depends. Oh, here we go. All right. You have to look at a number of different things. There's some benefits to paying it off, you know, psychological, emotional, your cash flow increases, but the question really comes down to where are you going to get the money to pay that off? If you're taking it out of an IRA, which is where we commonly see people have the the bulk of their money, it doesn't Mm. make sense most of the time. If you look at it, if you're in a very low tax bracket, you might be 10 or 12. That's still considerably more than your mortgage. We have some people at 22, 24, 32. It becomes extremely expensive to pay off that mortgage. So it's that's generally not the right thing to do. You take them through the process. That's what financial planning is about. Right. We can actually put a number on there and say, okay, you're going to pay this much in interest on your mortgage and you're going to pay this much in taxes taking it out of your IRA. And sometimes when people see that and they say, okay, I've got a very small number on the one side and a gigantic number on the other. Mortgage doesn't quite look so bad. Another one that people ask about is the lump sum pension decisions. First off, what exactly does that mean? What what do they need to decide? Right. A lot of companies in the past had pensions, and a lot of companies are moving away from that now because it gets away from their area of expertise. So if you're a manufacturing firm and you have a pension, you know how to manufacture. You don't know how to manage a big sum of money. A lot of people are going to a 401k where you're kind of responsible for managing your own money, and and the companies will give you all the tools there. So the pensions are a lot less popular than they used to be. So a lot of companies are saying, well, we don't want to be in the pension business anymore. We're going to give you an option here. You can continue to be in the pension plan, or we'll give you a lump sum. We'll give you a, a dollar amount that you can walk away and, and we're done, you're done, you've got it right there. And you got to kind of sharpen the pencil and make some decisions. What are those exactly. decisions based on then? So the first thing we want to look at is what rate of return would you have to earn on that lump sum to match what you're getting from the pension? So I'll give you an example. Let's say that you had a pension that was $1,000 a month and they offered you a $100,000 lump sum. Which do you do? So the first thing we do, we annualize your pension. So your $1,000 a month, you're getting $12,000 a year. How much would you need to earn on your $100,000 lump sum to get $12,000 a year? That's 12%. 
that would be a very difficult rate of return to get. So in that case, you probably want to take the pension. It's not quite that simple because you're not just getting interest. You're also getting principal back. They also factor in how long you're going to be getting the money. But in that particular example, if you had a 25-year time frame, your actual payout ratio would be 11.2%. So still, fantastic rate of return. You'd want to choose the pension. Now let's knock that down a little bit. Let's say you're getting $100 a month. So if we annualize that, it's $1,200. What would you need to earn on 100,000 to get 1,200? 1.2%. I think we can do that pretty safely. You could get a, a CD and do that. Then you'd want to take the lump sum. So from a mathematical standpoint, that's where we start. When we start getting into some of the other issues, it's how strong is the pension? You know, a lot of these pensions have not been managed very well, and they're on the verge of breaking down. So even if mathematically it made sense to take it, you might say, I don't trust this is going to be around. Then you might want to take the lump sum. Uh, you also might want to look at things like life expectancy. If the pension makes sense, but nobody in your family's lived past the age of 70, you know, you might want to take the, the lump sum there because you, so you have something to pass on to your heirs once you're gone. There's also the uh, survivorship option. So you could get, in my example before, let's say you get $1,000 a month just on your life, but you die, that's it. You could say, well, I want my wife to be protected too. So I said, well, we'll give you $800 a month and it will last for both of your lives. And there's 50% survivor benefits and 75, and it's adding kind of an insurance element to it to make sure that you're protected. So there's a lot that factors into it, but we do this probably 10, 20 times a week where it comes up walking people through this. So there's, there's no right or wrong answer when you just get it. You got to dig into it a little bit. Got it. We've got time for one more. Um, these are commonly asked questions in client meetings, not all of them, but some commonly asked ones. What is a Roth conversion and when and should I do one? That's another great question. So a Roth conversion is when you take money out of your IRA or your 401k or some tax deferred vehicle, pay income taxes on it now, put it in the Roth and then never pay taxes again. So you might say, well, why would I want to pay the taxes now when I can defer it? So a lot of times we'll look at a time frame. Let's say that you're retiring at 65 and you have to start taking required minimum distributions at 70. So you've got a five-year period of time that your income tax rate might be very low. So we might say, hey, let's take some money out of your IRA. You don't need it for spending. Pay the taxes on it. Convert it over to the Roth IRA so that we can start building that Roth bucket. Your required minimum distribution goes down because your IRA is smaller. So when you have less control over your tax situation at 70 and a half when RMBs kick in, you've lowered the dollar amount. So you're prepaying the taxes at a lower point. That sounds a little confusing. That's okay, because that's what we do th with our financial planning team at Annex Wealth Management. Whew, Randy, that was a lot. Randy is a CFP at Annex. Thank you for joining us. Oh, happy to be here. We love doing this kind of thing. It starts with a call. With one call, you can start seeing your future more clearly. If your financial picture is cloudy because you're getting conflicting tax, investment, and estate planning advice, help is a call or a click away. Annex Wealth Management's team works to get your investment plan in line with your tax plan and your estate plan. Build confidence with one team working to create one comprehensive plan as a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. One team, one plan, one fee. AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management, where our clients' entire financial picture is important. And that means investments, tax planning, estate planning, etc., etc. And that etc. includes insurance. 
Joining me is Eric Strom, CFP and Senior Financial Planner at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me, Danny. So, as a fee-only fiduciary, we don't sell insurance products, but we see them all the time, either as a portfolio review tucked within or our current clients have insurance. Any idea how many or what types of insurance policies that we review? Yes, Danny. So, we have quite an active insurance review team here at Annex, actually. So, it's to the point where it's beyond just what one person can handle. We are reviewing hundreds and hundreds of contracts every single year, and these are long-term care insurance contracts, annuities, life insurance, or sometimes hybrid policies that combine those together. And so we are seeing a lot coming across our desks. Have there been cases where you've said, where somebody has said, wow, I've never seen one of these before? Yeah, Danny. So there are hundreds and hundreds of companies that offer these types of products. So we see everything under the sun that you can imagine. Got to ask this, can we help Annex clients figure out how much life insurance they need? And of course, you know, if you ever watch TV, you see all sorts of advertisements for that. But I think the question is really, how much do I need? I mean, it depends on how old you are, what your life situation is. You hit it right on the head there. It completely depends on your situation. So at Annex, we approach everything within the context of a full comprehensive financial plan, meaning we take all of your assets and your income sources, your expenses, your debts, and put it all into a plan in software. And then once we've done that, we can run different scenarios. So what happens if something tragic happens? There's a disability or a death or a divorce. What does that look like within the financial plan? And then when it comes to life insurance, we can run scenarios and say, well, yeah, if, if the spouse passed away, how much life insurance is needed to make the financial plan still successful. So we really try to approach this. We don't just pull numbers out of the air. We try to really give our clients a detailed consideration of how much life insurance they need to protect themselves. Is there a ballpark of when you don't need life insurance anymore? Yeah. So typically, the closer you get to retirement, when you get to your 50s, your 60s and beyond, some folks fade out of needing life insurance and sometimes need long-term care insurance more. So uh, we're oftentimes actually taking life insurance policies that were very appropriate in people's 30s and 40s and 50s, and sometimes suggesting that they maybe reorient towards more like a long-term care insurance type of strategy as they get older. We're with Eric Strom, Senior Financial Planner and a CFP at Annex Wealth Management, reviewing how our planning team helps with insurance reviews. And you just mentioned long-term care insurance, and that can be a mystery for many. So we help with that. Yeah. And again, we don't sell any insurance at Annex, but within our that financial plan that I referenced before, we can start running scenarios. What if something happened and you needed long-term care, you know, help with those activities of daily living for, say, three years in your 80s, what would that look like? How much is that going to cost you? And first of all, could you afford it? And even if you can afford it, would you rather ensure that risk away rather than using your own dollars to pay for it. So what we do is we create these scenarios within our clients' financial plans and show them what would happen with a typical long-term care health event. And then in some cases, we'll bring in a trusted insurance partner to look at products to address that risk if we identify one. Are there cases where somebody inherits insurance? Maybe that would be like an annuity? This happens so frequently. So very often, people who don't even know what an annuity is. Maybe their aging parents own them and maybe the parents pass away and suddenly people are inheriting annuities and they're thinking, what even is this? (laughs) And so um, I have countless times really sat across from clients and helped them understand what it is they're inheriting. And by the way, Danny, when you inherit an annuity, you also inherit a tax bill. So how do you handle that tax bill? You want to handle it responsibly and there's a lot of options for that. 
you kind of touched on it, but as fee-only fiduciaries, we don't sell insurance products at Annex Wealth Management, but we care for our clients, and when they've got questions, we can guide them. We have resources. Yes. Again, we do not sell the insurance. We help our clients identify when there is a true financial planning need for insurance, and then we bring in who we believe is an appropriate partner for that person, and we have a whole network of partners that we've worked with for a long time that we trust and get that insurance placed when it's needed. Eric Strom is Senior Financial Planner and a CFP at Annex Wealth Management, another resource for our clients. Thanks for coming in. Appreciate your time. Thanks so much, Danny. It's investment and retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning all under one roof. AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Inflation isn't going away anytime soon. As the cost of everything from food to vacations to your electric bill rises, you may wonder if your retirement plans are still on track. Annex Wealth Management can help. It starts at AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. From there, our in-house planning team will create your wealth metric, a snapshot of where you are and where you're headed. Wealth metric will help you understand the impact inflation may have on your plans. Get started today. Visit AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? Want to get people talking about the good old days? Get them going on pensions. Used to be, that was the center of many people's retirement, and it came from a time when workers would spend long careers at one company. One of the major benefits of doing that was the company pension. But we still see them in client accounts at Annex Wealth Management. Isn't that right, Tom Burkholz? Sure is. We still see pensions all the time. They're slowly becoming less common, but certainly still a vital piece of clients' overall portfolios that require a lot of planning and attention around them. Tom is a financial planning specialist and a CFP at Annex Wealth Management. He keeps a close eye on what might impact a client portfolio. And pensions are back in the news. Yes, changes are coming to many pension plans around America. Tom, before we get to that, how about a quick pension history lesson? Because again, it's kind of a, not an olden day thing, but it's it's something from a previous generation. I actually just learned the other day that the concept of pension goes way back all the way to the Roman Empire, where retired soldiers were paid a fixed amount for their service. And now, obviously, with modern pensions have evolved over time, there's all these different types like government pensions and state pensions, and they all have their own little nuances and planning opportunities around them. So when did the shift away from pensions start? So there's this huge shift away from defined benefit pension plans and two defined contribution plans. The most famous example is the 401k. And really that started in the 1980s. And no coincidence, that's around the time that the 401k was established in 1978. But as we've shifted from defined benefit to defined contribution, there's this shift where the investment risk that used to be on the employer has gone to the employee. And now that the employee has to invest the 401k, manage it and make sure it lasts their entire life. Plus, pensions used to be something that you just hung on to. You were with a company for a long, long time. 401ks can go from company to company, right? Right. That's one of the benefits of the 401ks we're seeing. Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong. Pensions usually are set up. They distribute funds monthly, almost like Social Security, right? They do a payout. Yeah, typically pensions do come with a menu of payout options. However, not all pensions offer a lump sum, so you do want to check and make sure. But it really depends on the employer. But what we find with our clients at Annex is most people who have a pension also have a lump sum pension option available. Now, is that because the company wants to get out of the pension business or they just want to just make write one big check? 
Yeah, not always. But to your point, sometimes we do see companies who don't want to be saddled with a long-term pension obligation and then offer a lump sum in lieu of having to make monthly payments. But usually it comes down to how the pension was just structured in the beginning. We're with Tom Burkholz, a financial planning specialist and a CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Pensions back in the news. Tom, you feel that this is an important thing. What exactly is going on? A very important thing and concept for people to understand is generally there's this inverse relationship between interest rates and lump sum pensions. So as interest rates go up, we see lump sum pensions going down usually. So during COVID, when interest rates were kept falling to stimulate the economy, the lump sums were going up. But now as the Fed is trying to curb inflation and increase rates, guess what we're seeing? We're seeing Mm. lump sums potentially go down. With the Fed raising interest rates, what happens to lump sum pensions within client portfolios? So as the Fed is raising the rates, we're seeing that the lump sum pensions could be going down. So it's just something to be aware that all these interest rates hike all year long may have an impact on people's lump sums next year. And that could be an issue. And is this forcing decisions that need to be made? And if it's forcing those decisions, is this like soon? This is a time-sensitive planning opportunity, especially for people who are at or near retirement age. But just in more general terms, I think it's a great opportunity for people to be just more mindful on how their pension works and how interest rates might play a part in that. And maybe consider sitting down with a professional who can help demystify your pension. So is this something where people would even choose to retire early to beat a change that's coming up? There's certainly planning and timing considerations around retirement, but generally it's for someone who is planning on retiring as soon as possible and considering retiring this calendar year versus next might be worth it. But usually if you're within five years, it's not worth it. It's been kind of crazy lately, right? You had a lot of people that early retired and then you're starting to hear people that are getting back into the workforce, Mm -hmm. but it really, it gets down to having that plan. Yep. Planning around pensions, healthcare, all of those things, and that's what we're here for. Yep. It all matters. Investment, retirement planning, tax planning, estate planning. We do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference? Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Start a Button. Start that wealth metric process. Tom Burkholz, CFP and a financial planning specialist at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Danny. Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, Sunday, September 25th. There is more to come. Quick break. We're going to be back. 92.5 Fox News. How will tax increases in the Inflation Reduction Act affect your investment and retirement goals? It's time to reevaluate your plan. The Annex Wealth Management team has reviewed the new law and is ready to give your plan an independent review. No products to push on you, just serious planning. The in-house Annex team creates comprehensive plans that play out hundreds of possible scenarios, including sky-high inflation, lifestyle changes, and additional taxes. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. Robert Chastain, branch director and a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management Naples, joins us on a nice Sunday afternoon. Hey, Robert. Hi, Danny. Lots of lingo, lots of jargon, lots of rules, lots of concepts involved in the financial planning process. One of our jobs is to get through all of that and make it make sense for you as best we can. There's some misunderstandings along the way, and that's what we're going to talk about. Robert, I would think that people come in with Annex Wealth Management, they're looking for the investment plan, they're looking for the financial plan, but then other things kind of crop up. You start to run into estate things like wills and trusts, and these things can go off the rails pretty easily, can't they? Sure can, Danny. And first and foremost, most wills can live inside of a trust. A lot of people don't know that. But if you have a trust, you probably want your trust to be the beneficiary of anything that can be. 
But if you don't have a trust, say that you're under that threshold and you have a will. So in the state of Florida, if you're married, your spouse is entitled to be your first beneficiary unless they sign off on it. And even if you list somebody else as the beneficiary and your spouse challenges it, say after a divorce, if you do not take your spouse off as your beneficiary, they're going to get the money. (laughs) So it's something... I I don't mean to laugh at that, but I know that that's happened from time to time. I've seen it happen. And I've seen it happen multiple times. It's just something that's, oh, oh, I did that right when I opened the account. Never worry about it again. You need to look at it often. And actually, anytime that you update your will or your trust or a life event happens in your family, you should go over all of your beneficiaries. Hey, Robert, how often do you find that people mistakenly believe that Medicare covers everything? About 90% of the time. Medicare is health insurance for retired people. When you reach the age of uh, 65, you sign up for Medicare and they cover a good portion of your health care. Now, Medicaid, in some instances, will cover some nursing home costs and some assisted living or catastrophic medical bills. But other than that, Medicare is just your health insurance, and then you get the different parts, A, B, C. Sure, and we've got resources that can help our clients with that as well. So if we can help with that, make sure you keep that in mind. How about gift taxes? There's plenty of confusion about that. When somebody gets to a certain point in their life and they want to start gifting, they kind of need to know the tax implications. For sure, and that's something that we see very often here at Annex. If you gift more than 16000 a year, it's not to say that it's taxable, but the IRS still wants to know about it. And what doesn't the IRS want to know? They want to know any level that you're giving away because they keep track of it. And if you give away more than $24 million in your lifetime, which I will not get to that level, then it does become taxed. But it's just something that the IRS wants to know about it. You will not pay taxes on money that you give away below that threshold. And those levels do change from time to time, so you always have to check back on that. Robert Chastain, a branch director and wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management in Naples. One of our duties helps sort out the phrases everybody hears but they might not understand. With changes in laws over the last couple of years, I'm going to guess that there still is confusion about RMDs. Uh, Well, they've changed the uh, age of RMDs. used to be 70 and a half. Now it's 72. And what that means is anybody who has qualified money, meaning that it has not been taxed yet, you have to start taking it out the year of your birthday that you turn 72. There's a formula for it, and at 72, it's approximately 3%. At 80, it's approximately 5% a year. And at age 85, it's just a little over 6%. But it's a, a minimum distribution that you have to take out of those untaxed funds that you are going to pay tax on that year. That whole formula is based on your life expectancy. It's just something that you can't forget about. There is a penalty if you do not take funds out after you reach the age of 72, and you don't want to pay a penalty on something that's just so needless. And Robert, that's one of the things about when you do have a relationship with Annex Wealth Management, we don't expect the client to kind of keep everything in mind that they need to be thinking about with investment and retirement planning. That's our job. So when you sit down with a client and kind of going over things, subsequent conversations might be where somebody mentions, oh, by the way, we'd like to do X, you know, our grandchildren. That's really where the fun starts. 
It sure does. And and what's so fun for us here at Annex, we get to walk you through the different ways that you can achieve your goals. If you want to do something for your grandkids or your kids, we can come up with five different options for you and you, you can pick the best way or the most appropriate way that you feel works for your family. That's part of the fun. We keep track of these things and we make sure that you are aware of what's coming your way. And Robert, one of the interesting things that I've been reading about is the people that are unretiring. And I have got to guess that the people that retired maybe during the pandemic, you know, just kind of decided to chuck it in, but then are now getting back into the workforce. I'm willing to bet that most of them did not have a plan because when you hit some rough and choppy waters, if you've got the plan, it can work. Absolutely can. And these people that are unretiring and going back to the workforce, we're having a uh, pullback in the markets this year, and it's the S&P 500 just hit down 20%. That's kind of a key milestone, and it's something that these people who are unretiring, are, oh, I may not have enough money. And it's a fear that a lot of retired people have that they will outlive their funds, and some of them are going back to work. Now, one other thing they have to worry about, Danny, if they're collecting Social Security, there's levels of income you can't go over before you start paying tax on that. So get with us, call us. We're happy to sit with you and explain all these different levels that you should be at. Absolutely. Folks, it's easy to be confused, and that's why we're here. It starts with that first meeting with Annex Wealth Management. We get to know you, what your hopes are, your dreams, your goals, and that's where we are different. Investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning, we do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference? Our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Robert Chastain, a wealth manager and branch director at Annex Wealth Management Naples. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you, Danny. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. We are going to talk about NUA. What is net unrealized appreciation? We're going to talk about that next at 92.5 Fox News. Have you been waiting on the sidelines for the right moment, the right headline, or the right insight to get serious about your financial plan? At Annex Wealth Management, we've learned that, unfortunately, there are no sidelines in financial planning. Doing nothing may shield you from immediate pain, but it could delay or deny your long-term retirement goals. As a fee-only fiduciary, our in-house team will work with you to create one comprehensive plan that focuses on you. Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference. AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? N-U-A. What is it? How does it impact clients who are business executives? Brandon Lehman is a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management, and he works with a number of business executives. In fact, you've heard him before speaking about Annex Executive, which is a program designed for executives and the unique needs and challenges. Welcome back. Danny, it's great to be here. Okay, take me to school. What is a definition of N-U-A? All right, so let's start at the beginning. Net unrealized appreciation. What it is, if you work for a corporation and have have the ability to own stock inside your 401k. Well, you have a qualifying event. What does that mean? You retired, you were let go, 59 and a half, and then you take that stock and everything in your 401k, lift it up and move it out. But the stock now gets to go into what they call a brokerage account. And there's a lot of tax advantages written into this. And it's it's a very specific process that can be extremely important to a financial plan. Would somebody have that larger block of their own company stock as part of their compensation? Yes, but in a 401k, not always. If you think about some of the corporations we have here, Folks have worked them a very long time, some of the publicly traded. And from an early age, we're told, 
buy the company stock, buy the company stock. Well, where was the best place to do it? It was in the 401k through those contributions. So that's what they started to do. So over 30 years, they accumulated all this company stock of great local companies. Section 402E4 of the IRS tax code plays a prominent role, and I can see you nodding, so you know what that is. Yeah, it's it's important that this gets into, okay, what does the IRS say you can do and how can you do it? You are allowed to take the stock out of the 401k and put it in a non-tax sheltered account. Layman's terms, no pun intended. You're putting into a brokerage account or a joint account, individual account at, let's say, TD Schwab or Fidelity. Again, the triggering event is the key that revolves around all of this. Then... The way the code works is, and this is getting somewhat heavy, but what's important to understand is, let's just use round numbers. You put in 3000 but now it's worth 100 and you move that stock over, you have to pay taxes on that cost basis. That's what's so important in understanding how that works. Let's talk about the two stages where stock shares would be distributed within that NUA. Yep. So the first is you transfer them and it has to be in kind. Again, there's, there's all these languages and let's just take a step back. That's why you work with somebody when you do this. It's not something that you potentially want to go and try and do on your own because if there's a misstep or an issue, there could be a tax liability. You got to move in kind. Then you move in kind and now you have that stock sitting there. You pay taxes on the cost basis. If cost basis was $3, that difference, now you can sell at long-term capital gains rates, which is huge. So if you have a plan where you have no non-qualified assets right now, but you're early retiring and you can't access your 401k or you don't want to access the IRA dollars, well, now you've created a bucket that's taxed at a lower rate that fits perfectly into your plan. It's all these different things that working with a wealth management firm and a wealth manager in Annex is helpful. Talking about NUA with Brandon Lehman, what's the window? Do you have to fast track something like this? You don't, but what's important is when you decide to do this, besides the triggering event, it all has to be done within one year. You have to get it done. So if if you move the stock, let's say in March, by the end of the year, you have to move that entire 401k. So what's the right way to navigate it? So you really should sit down with somebody who knows what they're doing, who's done these things before, because not only are there a lot of nuances, and you can talk to some of our client service managers who have dealt with it, it's making sure we make the right transaction at the right time, move it. But there's other things to be very aware of. Sometimes it might say you own company stock, but you don't. You own a company class share. So it's almost like a mutual fund of company shares, but not the actual stock. So that's something you should talk to your HR about, human resources, your team at work to see, do I truly own the common shares, as they're called, or do I own something else inside this 401k? Can somebody get to a low or no taxation spot? It is possible depends on how you move the shares out, how you look at the shares. You look for those higher cost bases, so the spread is is pretty low. And then the thing to be extremely cognizant of is that cost basis can be taxable, but there's also private letter rulings out there that maybe we've talked about before. Again, getting heavy, but can be extremely important. That's why you need a team on your side. Talking about NUA with Brandon Lehman, any other things to watch out for? I think you just have to have a strategy and you have to have a plan because sometimes it doesn't make sense. You know, we have talked internally here as we do coaching and we continue to educate ourselves, you know, what is the right balance? Is it if my cost basis is a third of the overall value, if it's a half, if it's a quarter? We're, and really, frankly, it comes down to your financial plan. What makes sense in your planning for retirement? Do you do the NUA? Do you not? All of that is a discussion, and it involves a whole host of people from obviously your work, obviously your financial planner, your wealth manager, 
and the tax team. So at Annex, you have all of that. You can sit down at Annex and you can talk to everyone. Everyone can come in and talk to you and explain what's going on and guide you through this process step by step. And the beauty is we've done so many here and we've utilized a term called Frank Duke, which is a whole nother conversation to really take advantage of and help our clients out. If you're a business executive, you'd like to know more about the Annex Executive Program, feel free to reach out to Brandon Lehman. He's a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. Brandon, thank you for your time. Thanks, Danny. Inflation isn't going away anytime soon. As the cost of everything from food to vacations to your electric bill rises, you may wonder if your retirement plans are still on track. Annex Wealth Management can help. It starts at AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. From there, our in-house planning team will create your wealth metric, a snapshot of where you are and where you're headed. Wealth metric will help you understand the impact inflation may have on your plans. Get started today. Visit AnnexWealth.com. Time for Ask Annex. As always, head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Look for the Ask button if you got a question for us. We get back to everybody. Some folks prefer to remain anonymous. That's no problem. Sarah Kyle, Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management, is with us. Hey, Sarah. Hi, Danny. Randy Winkler, CFP and a Wealth Manager, also back. Welcome. Thanks, Danny. Got a bunch of good ones. Our first one is from Don. I'll soon have a beneficiary IRA, and I understand I've got 10 years to deplete it. At 62, shouldn't I just wait until retired when my tax rate will be lower? Don, since the withdrawals from an inherited IRA are taxed at ordinary income and you have the flexibility within those 10 years to decide when to make the withdrawals, it would make sense to wait until you are in a lower tax bracket. Just make sure you have a solid distribution strategy because there are other things to consider when generating income. For instance, the IRMA thresholds for Medicare premiums, the net investment income tax or NIT, and how will the extra income affect your Social Security, how it's taxed. I'm not sure of the size of this inherited IRA and it may not be an issue, but just be mindful that this isn't just the tax brackets that you need to consider when generating income. Irma has made her way onto the show for two weeks in a row now. (laughs) There we go. There we go. Next one is anonymous. What is a tax bomb? There are many tax bombs, but I think what's being referred to here and a lot lately in the media is what Sarah just talked about. You've got a tax bomb waiting for you. So let's give a scenario. This person inherits, say, a million dollars at 62 and doesn't do anything with it until 72. You know, at that point, they've got RMDs to take care of. They've got a million dollars they have to take out as interest. Under the old rules pre-Secure Act, it was a lot easier to handle these beneficiary RMDs. You had a dollar amount you had to take out every year. Now you have a lot more flexibility, which gives you a lot more opportunities for tax planning. But there is this tax bomb hanging out there if you don't have a plan in place to distribute the money in a good manner. We were chatting before we sat down, and you also mentioned something called the tax torpedo. Yes, that's why I originally thought this question was referring to the tax torpedo. That's another one. With lower incomes, when you're receiving Social Security, you might not pay any taxes on that Social Security income. When your income goes above just a certain amount, not only do you pay income taxes on that income, but now Social Security suddenly becomes taxable at different percentages, 50%, 85%. So a little bit of income could have a really large tax effect. So probably any decision you're making involving withdrawals or Social Security that's involving taxes, talk to a professional because there's some landmines that you could step on. Next up, Anonymous, if the 60-40 portfolio's days are numbered, what replaces it? And Sarah, I guess I turn to you and say, is the 60-40 portfolio's days numbered? I do not think the 60-40 portfolio is going away. 2022 has been a very unusual year so far because both the bond market and the stock market are in negative territory. Usually the bond side of the portfolio has less volatility and works inverse 
to the more volatile stocks, but not this year. The aggregate bond market is down double digits, and so is the stock market. And this is not typical. So investors really need to think about where returns could be going in the next couple months and years ahead, and not where they have been. I would be leery of these advertisements telling you that the 60-40 portfolio is dead because they are trying to sell you something and they are using the most popular investment allocation to get your attention. Next up, and I think we're going to combine two questions. First is anonymous. Second is from Tim. The first one, if I rebalance toward more fixed income, do I buy bonds or bond funds? Funds seem far easier to navigate. Tim's question is, is there an advantage to buying gold in coin or bar form or versus some sort of fund? Yeah, Danny, we like to combine these questions because they're very similar. In both cases, the example is, do I buy something with experience that I have and knowledge I have, or do I leverage the experience of someone else? With bonds, they're very, very complicated. In fact, the bond market is much, much larger than the stock market. Even at Annex, where we have a lot of experts, we do use individual bonds, but for the most part, we use bond fund managers because they really know what's going on in that giant market. Same thing with gold. You can buy gold individually. It can be kind of unwieldy. You can hear some horror stories about that kind of thing. You can find a gold fund manager, or maybe they're they're in different things around gold, whether it's you know processing or mining. In general, we would say, unless you have some good knowledge in that area, leverage someone else's knowledge by hiring a manager. Did you know that Randy was a math major? I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, so bonds are real mathy, aren't they? They are very mathy. And then we'll close on a very nice note from Terry. Kudos to you for last week's show talking about what not to do when someone passes. I saw my uncle making many unwise decisions after my aunt died, and he was suddenly surrounded by new friends and confidants. More needs to be written about this. And so, again, that's why you need somebody riding along with you that you can trust a fee-only fiduciary. Investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning, that's what we do. Know the difference? Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Sarah Kyle, Wealth Manager, Annex Wealth Management. Thanks. You bet. Randy Winkler, CFP and Wealth Manager. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure, Danny. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're going to be right back. Wrap things up. 92.5 Fox News. Used to be a retirement plan was working 40 years. Get the gold watch, walk out the door to see what was next, if anything. That was then, this is now. We're in an age of retirement redefined, and retirement could last a long time. At Annex Wealth Management, we get it. That's why our investment, retirement, tax, and estate teams are ready to create a comprehensive plan to help deliver the retirement you desire. It's time to know the difference. Work with a fee-only fiduciary. Retirement redefined. AnnexWealth.com. Back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. A couple things I want to remind you about. First off, we have an encore webinar. We had one on Wednesday. It was huge. Same topic, and it's a hot one. What inflation means for your money happens on Thursday, 2 o'clock Eastern, 1 o'clock Central. You can register and find more information at AnnexWealth.com events. Also, sign up for the Axiom. That is our free weekly newsletter. You don't have to be a client for that. You can do that on our website. We're on social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. We're skipping TikTok for now. Uh, the YouTube channel is pretty good. It's got over 1,500 videos that we produced. And also, you want to dig in deep, really deep on the market. We've got a great SWAT podcast. That's Strength, Weaknesses, Opportunities, and Threats from the Attics Wealth Management Investment Team. We crank that thing out Monday mornings. It's only about 15 minutes long, so it's an easy way to consume and get up to speed. And last reminder, the show is available on demand at the top of the hour on our Annex Wealth Management Spotify channel. So if 
you came in late. I'm Danny Clayton. Jason Cooper is a trader and research analyst on the show this week. Mark Beck, Managing Director of Wealth Management Services, Annex Wealth Management. You know, Danny, you mentioned that SWAT podcast. I really enjoy that. And boy, we get into deep into weeds on some of those topics. And, you know, my job when I'm in meetings with clients is to bring that back up to the high level. Kind of, I'm the interpreter, basically, right? Well, it makes me feel a lot better as a client of Annex Wealth Management to hear the thinking and the thinking from a lot of really smart people. And Jason, you're one of those guys. You've been on the SWAT podcast. So yeah, yeah a good it was one. a great experience. Good, good. All right, you guys were kind of going during the break and you were somebody turned a phrase that I really like. What was that? Yeah, we're going to go there right now. In fact, you and so speaking of deep in the weeds, right, this is a wonderful topic. And I promised Jason I'd give him a little bit of time to geek out on foreign currencies. So let's head right there and have that conversation right now, Jason. Sure. Thanks. And the thing that I had said is the investment team had been saying the entire year that the United States and the domestic market is really an oasis. And I think what we need to think about now is taking a trip into the desert. And let's talk a little bit about Britain and what's going on with their currency. What do you think? Yeah, I think we should do that. So we're leaving the oasis. We're heading into the desert, right? And so um, some of these underlying forces are those things that are not really covered in the news, but they can help you understand what's happening in the markets and maybe give us some signposts as to where we think we're headed. So let's talk about what happened with UK currency this past week. And, and really, you can kind of work our way through some of the other currency markets. Sure. Well, the easy one is the UK, and their government came out on Friday and decided to cut taxes going into a recession with the budget deficit already blowing out. What do you know? The currency is down 4%. So that, that was the, the easy one. But what what I think investors might be bored by, but it's kind of interesting to, to discuss, is what's been happening in Japan over the last two get decades, Mark. So what do, you, what do you think? Should we go there? Yeah, that's an interesting experiment, I think, and something that we need to keep an eye on, because the focus would be not repeating the same mistakes. Absolutely, because Japan has really led the United States for by about one to two decades. And whether it's indebtedness, the demographic trends, or the extreme monetary accommodations they've made, they were the first ones to bring interest rates to the zero lower bound. They were the first ones to implement quantitative easing. And in 2016, they were the first ones to implement something known as yield curve control. But it's, it's like that old saying, if a tree falls in the forest, does anyone hear it? Well, they implemented yield curve control, but the market didn't test them. This year, it tested them. Now, yield curve control effectively means that they, they will buy any amount of bonds that the market is willing to sell at a predetermined price. With fixed income, price is interest rate. So they pegged the 10-year JGB to 25 basis points. While every other developed sovereign nation had their, their sovereign markets, the, the yield in their sovereign markets increasing, Japan depressed theirs. What do you think happened to the yen this year? At the beginning of this year, $1 bought 117 yen as of Friday, it bought about 145. When I when I entered this business, I was always told that the yen is effectively a risk-free currency. Not anymore. It's trading like a meme stock on the downside too. What are the potential impacts from you know a dramatic change in the yen? For them, it's the impact is going to be that everything is going to get a heck lot more expensive. But the question that we might need to ask ourselves as an investment team is, what does this policy mean on a go-forward basis? What would happen to the U.S. dollar if we were to implement something similar? And why would Japan peg interest rates to this low level? And 
what I think, what we think the answer is, is that they are an over-indebted economy and they can't afford interest rates to rise. When interest rates rise as an over-indebted economy, you don't pay back that debt. No country has actively been paying back their debt. They roll over the debt. What happens when you roll over a debt at an increased interest rate? You get into what's known as a debt spiral. We think that Japan is the first country that's actively trying to reduce the possibility of a debt spiral, and they're taking it out on their currency. And the way that they do that is to print additional currencies so that they can buy their own bonds, so they can yield curve control, which the trade-off to that, of course, is inflation. Absolutely. And one thing to point out is that Europe might be implementing a similar policy by already limiting the spread between the Italian tenure and the tenure German Bund. Jason Cooper, a trader and research analyst. Mark Beck, Managing Director of Wealth Management Services. Mark, now's the time. It is absolutely the time. You know, this highlights the complexities behind your investment portfolio, so it's not a set-it-and-forget-it environment. No, do not set-it-and-forget-it. Work with a professional. You know better. Do something. If what you've heard in the last hour clicked at all, spend a minute or two, click that contact form when you click that Get Started button. Now is the time. Annex Wealth Management is ready, folks. See you back here next Sunday, noon. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.